0: Is there ever a greater display of karmic justice than a villainous movie character having their own weapons turned against them? Destruction works both ways, so if you're gonna run into battle with the most lethal instrument ever devised by man, you probably shouldn't be so surprised when your enemy decides to grab it and stick you on the end of it. Of course a weapon can take many forms, and not all of the deaths that result from them are acts of outright murder by the other party. In fact, you could argue that a lot of movie villains technically kill themselves, regardless of their intended action or target. The characters of this list are those who, long story short, meet their end in trying to cause someone else's. Whether they're meddling with powers they can't hope to control or just woefully unlucky, their own weapons of choice are the very things that bring their stories to a rather poetic close. I'm just for what culture, these are 10 movie villains killed by their own weapons. Number 10. Joe Mental Mentalino – Dumb and Dumber Taxi driver Lloyd Christmas becomes enamored with one of his passengers, Mary Swanson. And when he sees her leave a suitcase unattended at the airport, he and his friend Harry travel all the way across America to return it to her. Unbeknownst to them, Mary left it there on purpose to pay off a ransom held against her wealthy family. One of the Ransomers' henchmen, Joe Mental Mentalino, poses as a hitchhiker to get close to Harry and Lloyd, thinking them to be hired professionals. When they stop at a diner, Mental plans to poison them by slipping arsenic into their food. Totally oblivious, the pair load Mental's burger with chili peppers, which causes his ulcer to burst when he bites into it. Writhing in agony on the floor, he tells them to reach into his jacket for his pills. And not knowing the difference, Harry and Lloyd eagerly feed him the whole bottle of rat poison tablets it's the painful misunderstanding on both sides that makes this scene so interesting to watch mental's final look of hatred as he mistakes their actions for a deliberate tactic is truly priceless number nine omnidroid the Incredibles okay technically this villain was never alive but it still posed a citywide threat that easily could have gotten out of hand that is if the hand in question hadn't been used to bring it down The Omnidroid 9000 was created by the supervillain Syndrome to be the ultimate opponent for his hated former idol, Mr. Incredible. He pitted other superheroes against it and all of them were killed in his efforts to perfect his design. Mr. Incredible fought the lethal machine on Nomanison Island and was able to trick it into destroying itself. Afterwards, Syndrome creates an improved model, heavily armed and the size of a small building. He unleashes it on Metroville, where it takes the entire incredible family plus Frozone, to draw its attention. They give it the runaround, for sure, but are barely able to leave a scratch on it. The tables turn, however, when the family find Syndrome's remote control for the robot. While fumbling around with the buttons, they manage to detach one of the Omnidroid's arms, and recalling his battle with the previous version, Mr. Incredible realizes that the only thing capable of destroying it is itself. He then launches the rocket-powered arm straight at the robot's midsection, which shears right through to its core and sends the inactive shell toppling into the river. Number 8. Cypher, The Matrix In a post-apocalyptic world stuck on a ship navigating a seemingly endless network of sentinel-infested tunnels, the last thing you need is a traitor among the group. But lo and behold, they've got one. Cypher is part of Morpheus' small band of freedom fighters aboard the ship. Like the others, he took the red pill when offered, causing him to awaken from the Matrix and see the world as it really is. And he really, really doesn't like it. Despite knowing it's not real, Cypher is desperate to return to the Matrix and live out his life in blissful ignorance. He makes a deal with the AI peacekeeper Agent Smith to hand over Morpheus, and in exchange, he'll be plugged back in. His undercover plan doesn't quite work out the way he wants, however, and he's forced to eject himself from the Matrix and dispose of the team's operator, Tank, with an advanced electricity cannon. Murdering several other members of the team, Cypher, while revealing his evil plan to Neo and Trinity, is startled to see that Tank is still alive, and is satisfyingly blasted to death with that very same weapon. Accepting pills from strangers dressed in black was never gonna end well. Number 7, Count Dooku, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith It's only fitting that a polarizing character within the Star Wars movie canon would be given an equally polarizing death. Then again, it does serve to set up Anakin's eventual fall to the dark side, so there's that. Having been more or less the main antagonist in the previous film, Dooku takes a backseat to General Grievous in Revenge of the Sith. When Grievous kidnaps Chancellor Palpatine, the Jedi Council dispatches Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker to rescue him aboard Grievous' flagship. They locate the Chancellor, but the Count has been waiting for them and is eager to challenge Anakin to a rematch. With Obi-Wan incapacitated, Anakin is goaded by Dooku to unleash his anger, and in doing so is able to to overpower the older Sith Lord and take his lightsaber from him. Palpatine then instructs Anakin to kill Dooku, and despite his momentary reservations about murdering an unarmed opponent, decapitates the Count in a dual-sabered scissor motion. The foreshadowing of Anakin wielding a red lightsaber is pleasingly subtle here, and even though the character of Count Dooku as a whole was rather wasted, being cut down by his own lightsaber is both a sad and fitting end for the villain. Number six, Oddjob, Goldfinger. Of 007's many, many colourful adversaries, one of the most unique is Oddjob, who, despite only being a henchman, surpasses his master's popularity by a clear mile. His signature bladed bowler hat, one of the franchise's most recognisable icons. A man of very few words, most of them being "Ah." Oddjob is Goldfinger's right-hand man, whose tasks make good use of his sizeable frame and brute strength. He seems to take great joy in going toe-to-toe with James Bond, grinning gleefully as opposed to his usual deadpan stare. The final showdown sees Bond and Oddjob locked inside a vault in Fort Knox. Though James manages to get a hold of the man's deadly headwear, his attempt to throw it at Oddjob leaves it wedged between the bars behind him. When Oddjob goes to retrieve the hat, Bond dives towards an exposed power cable on the ground and brings it into contact with the metal vault. The circular blade inside Oddjob's hat conducts the electricity delivering a fatal electric shock to its unfortunate owner. In this scene, you'd have expected Oddjob to be decapitated or dismembered by his bowler hat, and killed by it he is, but commendably not in the way you are probably anticipating. Number 5. Judge Doom, who framed Roger Rabbit. It's shocking enough that a film blending the real world with a relentlessly cheery cartoon utopia would feature any death at all, let alone one as uniquely horrifying as this. Judge Doom, played by the legendary Christopher Lloyd, is the judge of Toontown and serves as the primary source of law enforcement among the unruly Toons. He has a zero tolerance policy for lawbreaking, and the minute someone or something steps out of line, he subjects them to the ultimate punishment. The Dip. A cocktail of turpentine, acetone and benzene, The Dip is the only way to kill a Toon. And when Roger Rabbit is framed for the murder of a well-known businessman, Doom pursues him along with his wife Jessica and human companion, the private eye, Eddie Valiant. The final act reveals that the judge is really a Toon himself, the Toon that both framed Roger and killed Eddie's brother years prior. With Roger and Jessica strung up and about to be drenched in dip, Eddie manages to outsmart the terrifying tune, turning the dip cannon on him and causing him to dissolve into a pile of smoldering clothes. Given how grotesque the judge's earlier usage of the dip in the film is, it's thoroughly satisfying, if a little morbid, watching him get a taste of his own medicine. Number 4. Lord Shen – Kung Fu Panda 2 Much like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Kung Fu Panda 2 features an unusually dark and violent villain for an animated family movie. Not that that's a bad thing, but in classic film tradition, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Shen's backstory establishes him as a power-hungry psycho from the outset having laid waste to an entire panda civilization when he heard of a prophecy of a panda being his downfall. In the present, he seeks to overthrow China by means of a devastating projectile weapon. Poe and the Furious Five are sent to destroy the cannon, only to learn that there are dozens more elsewhere. At the same time, Poe gradually recalls that Shen was the one who murdered his real parents, leaving him an orphan with no clue about his past. The final showdown does not go well for the heroes, And just as the victory looks to be Shen's for the taking, Poe does the unthinkable, overcoming his trauma and achieving inner peace. Now unable to be harmed by the weapons, Poe hurls a projectile back at Lord Shen's boat, leaving the peacock bruised and beaten. Even in his final moments, Shen refuses to accept defeat. His sneak attack is foiled by the falling cannon, and he shuts his eyes as he knows his fate is sealed. Number 3. Thanos – Avengers Endgame No MCU villain has ever worked harder to achieve their goals than the mad Titan Thanos. With staggering speed both in mind and body, and a fierce resolve to go with it, the Purple Pariah stops at nothing to get his hands on the Infinity Stones. And inevitably, he wins, wiping out 50% of all living things and, in his view, restoring balance to the universe. So destructive is the impact he leaves that the Avengers are forced to consider time travel to reverse the effects of the snap. With careful planning, they each go back to different points in time to collect the Infinity Stones before Thanos can. Their efforts catch the attention of the past version of Thanos, and he and his army launch a full-scale attack on the Avengers' upstate base. Despite being one man against a fleet of super beings, the Mad Titan is more than a match for his opponents, even without the Infinity Stones. His end finally comes when Iron Man, realizing what he has to do, sacrifices himself to snap Thanos and all of his followers out of existence. The poeticism of his death is in Thanos' quiet acceptance of his defeat. Rather than fight to the very end, he simply sits down and awaits his disintegration with dignity and stoicism. Number 2. Green Goblin Spider-Man. While it's somewhat disheartening to see Spider-Man's arc enemy be snuffed out so quickly in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movie run, his legacy lives on long after, and the manner of his departure leads to some dangerous misunderstandings further down the line. Norman Osborn, voted out of his own company by the board of directors at Oscorp, exposes himself to an experimental performance enhancing gas, which greatly increases his strength at the cost of his sanity. He develops a split personality his violent, vengeful tendencies all focused on the side, calling itself the Green Goblin. Stealing a battle suit and a prototype glider, he causes quite a bit of chaos, leading to a good few run-ins with Peter Parker's wall-crawling alter ego. When Spider-Man eventually gains the edge in the fight, Norman reveals his identity, attempting to convince Peter that he's just a victim to the Goblin. As he does so, he readies his glider to stab Spider-Man from behind, but sensing it, Peter leaps out of the way, and the blade pins the unprepared Osborne right to the wall. When Harry, Norman's son and Peter's best friend, discovers the body, he accuses Spider Man of murdering his father, eventually, driving him to use the gas on himself and hunt down the webhead as the new goblin. Number 1. Commodus, Gladiator. A villain is a villain at the end of the day, no matter how big or small their transgressions. But is there anyone else on this list more deserving of a death by their own weapon than the weasley, patricidal psychopath Commodus? The elderly Emperor Aurelius favors Maximus Decimus Meridius to succeed him on the throne, judging his own son Commodus to be unfit for such a position. When Commodus learns of this, he murders his father, along with Maximus' family, after which Maximus is sold as a slave to a gladiator ring. When Maximus ends up fighting his way up the ranks in the gladiator pits, Commodus, who's proclaimed himself emperor, is sworn vengeance upon, which is eventually taken in an unfair duel within the Colosseum. Despite his injuries, Maximus disarms Commodus, and when the guards refuse to furnish him with another sword, the cunning man produces a hidden blade from his gauntlet. Maximus is gravely wounded in the ensuing struggle, but ultimately comes out on top, forcing Commodus' own blade into his neck and ending his life. Joaquin Phoenix's despicable character needed to die, and his own weapon being used against him was the perfect act of revenge by Maximus, made bittersweet by the latter succumbing to his wounds just moments later. Botox Cosmetic, out Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.